Hello and welcome to the Capital Link Master Series podcast. Uh, my name is Jason Chohan, Head of International Finance and a partner at Hill Dickinson. Uh, I have the pleasure today of interviewing uh, Bill Guang, who's uh, Executive Director of ICBC Leasing. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, a bit about uh, Chinese leasing and what ICBC Leasing have uh, been doing in the market recently. Uh, and before I should, before I start, I should mention that uh, the podcast will be available on CapitalLinkPodcast.com, um, and I should also add that it's uh, a discussion is for information and edu- educational purposes only, and uh, not intended to be investment advice. Uh, full details of the legal disclaimer will be available on the website as well. Um, and now, just to start, I'll int- uh, briefly introduce Bill. Uh, Bill joined ICBC Leasing in 2013. He's now an executive director of the shipping business unit. Uh, Bill is primarily responsible for the leasing business of the container and dry bulk sectors. Before working for ICBC Leasing, Bill worked for the MERS Group uh, for over 10 years with management positions in a variety of different countries. Uh, Bill's a financial specialist with in-depth knowledge of the container shipping market uh, business as well. Um, I think on that note, Bill, actually, if you're able to give us a little bit more introduction and background, both in in, in respect of ICBC leasing and, and how that fits with the wider bank as well, that would be helpful, I think. Thank you. Thanks for the introduction. So and I joined ICBC leasing and, um, in the 2013, and um, the ICBC leasing was founded not far from the day I joined. And uh, ICBC leasing was founded um, in 2007, November. So after just uh, you know the beginning of the financial crisis, and um, so right now it's only 12 years and ICBC f- leasing from scratch to zero. Right now in terms of the shipping portfolio is about 12 billion US dollar in the portfolio. And from zero ships and right now about 300 you know, ships. So 90% the portfolio, I mean, for the shipping side is a US dollar asset. So, you know, all the customers are around the US and the Europe, also in the Asia. Of course, the customers in the China as well. And uh, ICBC leasing, you know, it's 100% owned by the ICBC Bank, and ICBC Bank is the largest bank in China, maybe also in the world as well. So, and um, you know, in the past 12 years, especially in the five years, I think ICBC leasing in the shipping portfolio has been growing very fast. I mean, globally. So that's the right now. That's the main reason I have the chance to have the, you know, to access the capital link, this global network. Well, I mean, it's it's a, a pretty impressive uh, introduction. I don't think there are very many players around the world that could certainly start with a kind of description that, that is uh, is that impressive. I mean, and certainly, you know, it shows how the, that level of growth in, uh, in, you know, in what is relatively a short space of time when you, go, you compare the levels, whether the number of ships or the amount of finance itself. Um, I mean, it certainly makes me makes me wonder. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll speak again in a year, three years, five years, and you know, the, the direction that the, the business isn't going. I mean, at this point in time, that's that's something that you you, you see uh, that business thing continuing to grow and, and and develop at those levels. Sure, because right now I think uh, you know for the ICBC leasing and the shipping portfolio, we are about one third of the whole ICBC leasing portfolio right now. So in the ICBC leasing banks and the ICBC leasing financial institutions have their own target. So the leasing side have to keep, you know, from, from the shipping side, we have to keep up the, say, the whole corporate growth rate as well. And, uh, you know, every year it's about the two digital growth that had been changed for the next three or five years planning. So I would say in the fin- fundamental and say in the target for us and the portfolio, we hope we can reach maybe a 20 billion US dollar in three or five years, depends on the global economy. We don't want 
set up very aggressive targets, but also we don't want to set up too slow targets as well mm-hmm. either. I mean, generally, right now, the Chinese and banks are very good in the capital right now. So they do have the, you know, the spare capital to invest, I would say, some international good opportunities. Shipping, no doubt, because it's very international, also very you know, centralized, had a very long history in the shipping finance. That's why the, the ICBC Bank choose the shipping that's, I would say, major the investment portfolio for the leasing side. That's why I said about for the last three years and five years, we still have a very you know, fast growth pace target. So, and, and in terms of actually, I suppose bringing it back to to this year, we're almost you know b- b- close to the end of uh, 2019, uh, and I think certainly you know uh, looking back uh, at the kind of the year for ICBC leasing, that you know I think it started very positively, and certainly at the beginning of year, very uh, a very positive outlook. You know, how how do you see that the year has been? Um, you're still very positive. How, uh, how how has 2019 been for you? That's a very good question. I think in the beginning of the 2019, uh, we were very positive, and uh, we thought about because close to the you know the IMO 2020 regulation, so 2019 should be a good year. But in the in the in the middle of the 2019, something was you know not the positive, and something had happened you know. You know, also because the especially the dry box side, also because mm-hmm. the financial, you know, I would say the tradeway issue and the sale of the content side also falling down. But you know, growing you know, further, I would say in the quarter three of this year, in the things become much better, little surprisingly better. You know, in the tanker side, in also in the, in the dry box side, and you know, you know, the MG also is good as before. So suddenly, in the you know, right now in the quarter four of this year, people feel like this 2019 was a good year and they should be everyone should be happy. So you know, so. I would say, you know, when you, when you forecast in, in the beginning of this year, that the results will not always be aligned. Mm. So, you know, I would say that, that's, that, that I think that's the attractive for the shipping side, because they never forecast what happened in the future. Yeah. It's always something would be happening, you know, outside your surprise. So that's the good point for the shipping, right? Mm. No, and I think, I mean, probably most on, on the financing, whether the leasing side or the... The, the more traditional bank finance, I think probably by and large amongst most uh, most of the sectors within shipping, it has been a bit of a roller coaster uh, ride that you know e- even in, in, in most uh, kind of discussions that you can see that there is a particular view, whether at the beginning or the start of the year, but it's, it's strange to find a year where you almost have a little bit of everything. <laughs> that, uh, so, so there's been good parts of the year and maybe some, some bad parts of the year, but uh, no developing. And I suppose in that context, both in terms of uh, whether, you know, as, as the kind of the, the sector and the leasing side mm-hmm. has progressed uh, mm-hmm. throughout the year, I mean, how, how have you seen the, the, the leasing business fit with, with competitors, both within, um, you know, Chinese leasing uh, structures itself, which obviously you know have, has been doing extremely well and certainly filling a, a large gap in the financing market. But even within the leasing side, you know, there, there does seem to be competition, whether in, in Europe or, or Japan as well. And um, you know, we try to and uh, you know not use the competition in this world, but in more in the cooperation. So and we think of the banks and look, first of all look at the four traditional banks. The European bank, the Japanese bank, or the other Asian banks—they mm. still are, you know, strong. I would say the business and the partners, and I would say in all shipping circle. So, you know, we still need to raise the, I would say, the senior loan from them, which we can provide the equity to our, you know, the the ship owners to buy the new ships for the second ships. So we are in the same chair right now. We, we never ever have the direct competition, you know, for majority project. But on the other hand, we have said for other, you know, the project itself, we do have some, you know, slight competition. 
you know, but you know, the different compared with the traditional mm. banks, they have a little bit higher leverage, mm. and also our financial structure is more flexible compared with the bank structures. So we can tolerate some kind of, I would say, the customers and uh, you know, maybe the corporate finance not as strong, but sometimes maybe the asset itself has some kind of different value evaluation. So we take a little bit different strategy. We look for more from, I would say, the whole shipping circle. Mm. Instead of only for the corporate structure and the balance sheet, you know, the ship side itself. So, again, in summary, we, we do things more, you know, creatively and more, more innovatively. For the competition itself in China, for the other China leasing house, we do have some kind of competition with them. That no doubt because, and um, you know, due to the success, you know, from the, you know, the, I would say the profit return by the ice speed leasing in the shipping portfolio, other China leasing house try to catch up on this, I would say, this market. Mm. Especially for the Western banks and the big draw from the shipping finance, it's give enough big room for more players from China into this room. So that's why you know other China leasing households come this this say the, the market. But I think right now we are, I think you know it's okay because the room the, the room is big enough. So everyone have put themselves into this room by using their own technical mm. side. So, so a healthy competition in that health sense. Health competition, yeah. exactly. That's a very good word, yes. And uh, I suppose in that sense, and you, you kind of touched on it in terms of how, I suppose, um, whether the, the leasing houses in particular or in the context of ICBC leasing, that some of the advantages, and obviously um, I would think it, it's fairly clear over the last two to three years, maybe slightly longer, there has been quite a surge in, the, in leasing transactions. Uh, something taking place around the world, and you know, you mentioned things like higher leverage, and obviously they tend to be longer-term mm -hmm. deals as well. Um, often, pre-delivery may be involved in that. But I suppose when in that context of obviously having um, healthy competition, and also everyone has their own kind of space uh, within a very mm -hmm. large uh, kind of market. Mm -hmm. So. I suppose. How do you see? What What, what is it that uh, is is the is the right things to, to make a leasing deal work that, that you see? Mm. Uh, That's very important. Um, it also depends on what customer need. Mm. Again, so as, as I explained, I think for the leasing structure is more tailor made compared with the bank loan structure. Mm. So bank loan structure more standardized, and you know, had, you know, being the, this kind of history more than hundred years, so and uh, it's very standardized, had a very long history. But the leasing structure is just you know pop up maybe in the past five mm. to ten years. So everything has been the tailor made. Really depends what customer need. So some customer need maybe low leverage, low cost, which leasing can provide. But some customer need a long and the leasing period, maybe and the high leverage, a little more expensive price, which is fine for them. And then leasing house can also provide for them. Mm. But some of them say the car owner, for example, like greenhouse, like maybe the mining company, they need more. I would say the you know just the, the town is supplying. Not just you know to have the ships. For that perspective, we op we offer them the operation leasing, which means that the leasing house have to take care of the residual value of mm -hmm. the ships after ten years, after fifteen years, the leasing house can take back the ships to handle by themselves. Can leave you know just provide the tonnage for the customer need, mm -hmm. very stable rate, no change. So you know for those and the customers, they can forecast their you know the transportation cost. So it's, again, it depends on customer need. Then the leasing house. Would work out, so I would say, you know, you know, personal solution for them. Okay, that's interesting. So, there, there, I mean, and there seems to be, in that sense, quite a bit more flexibility than, say, perhaps the traditional finance side, where there, there has been a, a little bit more, I suppose, of the kind of cookie cutter approach of, mm -hmm. you know, these are our 
standard terms or here's a standard loan and here's a mortgage, you know, you vary uh, the, the typical provision. So it seems there seems to be a lot, a lot more of a kind of tailor-made element. I think obviously there's, there's a link to kind of uh, the, the longer term there. Is that, that something that also links to it being maybe perhaps better suited to things like uh, pre-delivery finance and uh, the purchase of new buildings? Yes, it, it does, you know, so, and um, again, you know, some customers like, uh, you know, they don't, they, don't, they don't have enough equity for their new building projects, so they only put maybe 5 to 10% in the down payment, so they need the, the pre-delivery finance, so leasing house could help them to do these kind of structures, you know, because and, uh, for that kind of structure, we look more for the, the ship asset itself than the customer's and the financial, you know, statement. Mm. So we can provide them the whole, and of course the shipyard is also very critical as well because and for that kind of structure we need the shipyard to provide the, the refund guarantee. So we also can, you know, sometimes we, we can, you know, convince mm. the shippers to move their shipbuilding from overseas to China. From some perspective we can help the Chinese shipbuilder in the shipyard also to enhance their capability to yeah. support the, the global shipping customers need. No, it's interesting and I think, I mean, from, from what I can tell from that, it's, it's, it helps to bring in kind of either support businesses, whether within ICBC as a bank, or certainly with the relationships that, the, that, that will exist with Chinese shipyards and as you said, the, you know, the refund guarantee aspect as well. So it kind of, it's something that can help that type of transaction more from different elements. And I think it also reminds me of, uh, to some extent, a, a bit of a parallel mm -hmm. with uh, on, on the traditional banking side where um, there would be a focus, for example, say US capital markets, mm -hmm. where there, there is a tendency to kind of uh, provide, be able to provide the facilities, but also assist on the investment banking side. And, and, and often, you know, the more products, if you like, or, or mm -hmm. assistance that you can support the, the borrower and the owners with, it actually seems to help to, 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 to work, um, to, to help the parties throughout and you know, help a transaction along. Uh, especially if you know if it's a tougher transaction or a large transaction. Exactly. Yeah. And I, so I suppose linked to that, I mean, uh, in terms of the ICBC uh, portfolio itself, I mean, for as far as, far as I can tell, it's actually mm. fairly well spread. Mm. Um, I think probably looking at some of the the last statistics that were were available, containers and uh, and dry bulk probably close to about half of the portfolio. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, in that sense, I mean, it's and I, I mean, I was actually going to ask you a question of you know where do you see kind of the the, the sweet spot. Uh, in terms of the market, but it almost seems that the portfolio is so di diversified that maybe that itself is the sweet spot. That actually having a diversified portfolio is actually what what makes ICB, uh, ICBC leasing uh, more more comfortable and, and versatile. But I mean, is there is there a, something something that you would call a sweet spot in <laughs> a, a sector that is that is hot or? Or less so. Or how do how does the, the the leasing arm manage that approach? We don't we don't call this kind of the segmentation of the sport part, but we we more call them and uh, the market need. So it really depends on what's the market need. In the, for example, and uh, back to three years ago, in the the dry bulk maybe and take almost half of the home, I would say the portfolio. Mm. But you know the last uh, three years and AMG demand so strong, mm. so we really put a lot of resources and also the equity into the AMG market. Mm. So right now AMG take about one third of the whole portfolio because of the market that they need this mm. kind of the investment also needs the, I would say the senior loan for these kind of structures. So we don't really to and uh, judge which ones should be better. We more follow with the market okay. they, they 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 require, and the right now I'm saying the, again. 
So that's why in the past 10 years, growing from 2007 till right now, almost 12 years already actually. So we speed out you know, all these kind of major mm -hmm. shipping portfolio, including the dry bulk, container, gas, the tankers, but also the cruise shipping. Mm -hmm. The cruise shipping actually right now it become more unpopular in Asia. You know, we follow with the Western market. You know, now the more Asian people, also the Chinese and the older generation, they start to try the, the cruise ship. So mm -hmm. this kind of the new ship also start building in China. That's why the ICB leasing also try to follow again what the market needs. Okay. So this kind of things and uh, you know, you know, cons consequently build up this very you know evenly build up across whole the segmentation mm. for the shipping sectors. I mean, and I suppose to some extent whether that's something that comes with obviously you know as you said the bank is I think uh, as you mentioned one of the largest in the world if not the largest. Um, and certainly on the leasing side, being able to have that size also links into being able to have that diversity as mm -hmm. well. Um, but uh, no, it's very interesting to note that you can actually take that little bit more flexible approach and go where the investment needs are, mm -hmm. um, which I suppose is, is a little bit more difficult with a traditional bank mm -hmm. that you know, may well, for example, say they don't do cruise, exactly. they don't do containers, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose it, it, it can potentially be more cumbersome. Is it, and for, for, that, for that approach, I mean, I suppose at this point in time, the, the portfolio is already very diversified. Mm -hmm. But uh, is it that it's something that it, that it has that flexibility or is it that it needs to be assessed on a kind of regular basis or, or it's big enough to, as you said, kind of go to, to the market that's hot at that time? Because right now, because the size of the ICB leasing itself is already very big, mm. so anything we do would have a very big impact for the shipping finance market. Mm. That's why we don't try to only focus on one segmentation, mm. because if we do that, it would be give very big, uh, sometimes negative, some yeah. positive market inform information, or mm. maybe the trend to the, this kind of the portfolio which also impact other channel leasing houses yeah. as well. So we try to say, okay, we're interested for everything. Mm. As far as the, the customer's good, the portfolio is good, the ship side is good, we try to do everything. Mm. So and, and in that sense, um, I mean, I suppose, when you are looking to assess counterparties, I mean, it's to my mind it seems that you have the, the the ability to actually have a very broad spectrum of counterparties because you know first of all you you're almost available in almost all of the sectors mm. um, and each of those sectors will maybe have different tendencies and different uh, locations but mm. in in the types of counterparty that that you work with is it is it the same is it that parallel that it's you know from from small owners to you know listed owners with with hundreds of vessels, or uh, is there any approach to the kind of types of uh, uh, deals that you do, counterparties that um, you know, as you said, whether it's uh, listing companies mm -hmm. or it's corporate guarantees mm -hmm. or new building orders, what really helps to build a, a strong case to say actually you know the, these counterparties are a, a perfect fit for both the leasing structure and ICBC leasing? Yeah, it is very you know challenging question. Sometimes also internally we try to review this question as well constantly mm. because we want to see okay who is the ideal customers. Mm. You try to find the, the you know the portfolio and the, say the the mock-up model so we can share with the new I would say new bankers because mm. they try to learn the, what who is our real customers. I would say you know, there's no I would say the ideal customers. All the customers might be the could be the customer for ICB leasing. It more depends on the, what they need or what we could offer to them. So right now, we, we the most customers is I would say the top customers in the in the list. 
or the top and the drive out customer, top, you know, the top five or top ten container shipping company, also for LNG customers, all this majority of the public listed or maybe well known customers as well. Mm. So, and, you know, because those names is well known, so for us, it's easier for us to access them. You know, for some smaller customers, we do like to do business with them, but because their reputation is not very high, so we have to take more time for mm. us to understand what they really need. And uh, due to the you know, limited resources, we have, you know, you know, every year we have to do about and two or three billion US dollar in the investment in the mm-hmm. shipping portfolio. And uh, we don't have much resources to, uh, you know, yeah. really check all the customers. So that's why we have to sometimes we have to focus on big customers or the public customers. But again, because all the information is more easier to access, mm. especially for the public customers and uh, their all information they publish the website. So for us, we can have a quick check and say, okay, that's good. The potential good customers mm-hmm. can talk. Some smaller customers, the family-owned customers, their financial information might not be, I would say, in a consolidated right. Mm-hmm. You know, they still follow with very traditional trend and use the one single ship to be planned to get the thing along. So this kind of model take a longer time for us to analyze their ship of value or also analyze their strategy or also their family mm-hmm. needs. So they take a longer time. So for us, maybe in the that might be not our ideal customers, but still we want to take time to work mm. with them if we do have time, you see the point? Yeah. So it's a, it's a, so sometimes, you know, it's a, sometimes the more break down from top to down, you know, which means that we have the overall budget, mm. for example, maybe in the three billion US dollar and the, in 2020, just an example, we break down, so depends on the collection and analyze and maybe other third party analyze, mm. what's the each segmentation they need, so break down the budget to each segmentation. Then each each segmentation that we we choose maybe top twenty top ten mm. the customers what's their new building planning what's the second hand purchasing planning then we just you know to evenly break down our I would say the budget to fit their need okay. then we talk to customers individually say okay do you need this kind of the, you know I would say the budget or you have a separate plan you have any 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 other I would say continuity plan for your and say backlog or other priority plan mm. you know if they don't have the standard leasing just you know become your you know one of the options. So that's the solution right now. We work on with those mm. top customers, which is very interesting because it also seems to have a very kind of market-driven approach to it, which uh, exactly you know to, to some extent seems very very logical uh, in the sense that actually trying to you know d- decide or determine okay, well this is the perfect type of customer we want. Actually, it's it's a lot more versatile because it's responding to you know the market needs. Um, and I think also what seems, I suppose, fairly logical, and this would apply both in terms of you know bank financing and leasing, that that actually having a bit of a critical mass actually provides kind of economies of scale in terms of work and the work being done. Because actually, compared to some of the smaller deals, not, not, not only will obviously that there will be smaller loans, but actually there's there's not a huge difference in the level of work that, that needs to be done. So the ability to have larger deals, um, you can see the kind of some of the benefits mm-hmm. coming through. Uh, in that sense, I suppose linked to that, in terms of you know, we, we've talked a little bit about kind of the market sectors and and, and the counterparties as well. You know, one of the things that that's uh, recently kind of uh, been announced is that you're uh, opening an office in Greece, mm-hmm. which obviously you know, myself being based in Greece for the last twelve years, I'd certainly say is a very good thing. Um, so you know, in that sense, you know, how do you see the of the, the geographies, the sectors uh, developing, I and mean, certainly, you know, there's always been a strong uh, relationship uh, with with Greece, and you know, the, the fact that you're you're opening uh, a, a, an office there, and uh, you know, that's something that will obviously look to develop work with mm-hmm. the, the the Greek uh, owning market as well. I mean, how do you see 
uh, ICBC leasing developing uh, worldwide and you know what are the drivers there? I think um, you know, one thing I have to correct that you know it's not ICBC leasing try to open office in Greece but it's ICBC bank itself okay. open office in, uh, in Greece. I think, uh, of course, it's, it's, you know, Greeks and the shipping hub, no doubt, and uh, that's why I think the ICB leasing will follow up with ICB bank to support their business in, in the Greece market. Um, another reason because and also to support, I would say, the China strategy and the uh, one belt one road. Mm. Also, Greek is so strategical and for and uh, for the you know to for access the European market. That's why ICB bank support and the Chinese and the cooperation to use the you know, Greek mm. hub to access the whole European market. But the next step, the leasing or the follow is the, the bank itself also because then that, I would say 90, 90, oh, not 90, but 70% of the customers are related with the shipping customers in the Greece. So the leasing have definitely have a very big and the, the room to grow. So, so that's interesting. And, and as you said, the distinction between the, the bank and the leasing side. So do you, do you anticipate that uh, both on, on, the, on, the, on the pure uh, ship finance side and then the leasing side will start to follow? Is, is there a kind of... Uh, plan at this point as, as how you would start to see the kind of the financing business develop uh, both in the Greek market and I and think because in the shipping finance I would say they need a more technical background I'm in the shipping side mm -hmm. so and uh, and that's why I don't think the ICBC bank would start shipping finance very quickly okay. if they go there they need some people have really understand about the shipping finance markets very well that's why I said about the ICBC would cooperate with our ICBC bank in the Greece to support with what's the you know Greek shipment they need. Mm. I think for then the for the bank side they, they have to support for them the majority target of fo focus is about the Chinese and the cooperation. They already have a lot of investment in the Greeks as well, like for example the Costco, the big mm. port there so they, they they do need the Chinese bank to help them to, you know, for example like working capital or so the you know the short term I would say the save long, you know, this kind of all the financial you know the service they, they do need. So um, there's no direct competition again, but more I would say the, you know support each other to mm. provide say one stop shopping concept for the customer there. No, and I think certainly a, a, a positive step in terms of you know de developing uh, both the, the the network and you know the, the, the business. You know, I suppose on that side, as well as looking at you know the, the positive steps, I suppose you, you always want to be conscious of uh, any potential difficulties and how risk is managed as well. So, I mean, notwithstanding the, the, the fact that I suppose the size of and diversity of the portfolio, and also you know have, having you know, the largest bank uh, behind the leasing side as well adds a great deal of comfort but um, how how do you see uh, first of all what do you see the risks in that in that scenario um, and then equally how how is that managed uh, for the future again you know I think the majority risk about and you know, first of all the whole global economy uncertainty so this will be also impact about then the shipping and development and the, the, you know for the future trend Secondly, about the regulation, there's many new regulations that come out, and also the impact, maybe the evaluation for the ship asset value. So, and the, some ships may not be capable to ship anymore due to regulation requirement. So that's kind of challenge. And the third challenge, about I would say, the capital. I mean, the human capital requirement. Mm. So you know, with more and more international and the more and more, I would say, the specialization in the shipping. So I think uh, not for the China leasing house, but in general. They need, I would say, the global and the shipping expertise to join the team and also support, I would say, the whole, um, the, you know, the global development planning. So that's why, as, as mentioned, you know, in the, you know, we, we do need maybe set up the global, you know, the off, not office, but maybe the wrap or so some support function 
in the you know in Europe, maybe in the uh, Greece, maybe in Hong Kong and other other countries, other cities as well. So on, only we have the global team, we can support global customers very well because as I said, you know, the whole solution had to be tailor made. Mm. So we can't have the tailor made solution, but only people sit in Beijing or Shanghai. That doesn't work. Mm. We do need the global team to support global customers. And I suppose in, in, in that sense, I mean, and I suppose. Uh, just touching on, you know, how, how the, the future will develop. I mean, one of the things that has been discussed regularly is, you know, there, there is a, a need for the, the shipping business itself to kind of uh, update and, and develop and, and, you know, change its models. Um, I mean, is, is that something that you see applying to, to the leasing model as well? I mean, obviously, it's, 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 it's just on one hand, it's a fairly set and tried and tested model. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the other, the other hand, it's, it's also a flexible model that is adjusted to the needs of the customer and, and transaction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do you see the future both uh, uh, for, for, for shipping and ship finance, but also in, in, in the context of the leasing model? Yes, I think because the leasing model has been working well in the past five years. I think maybe also working well in the next three or three or five years, but uh, I don't think it will be working forever. You know, mm. so the customers always change. Also, I would say you know the whole global economy situation also change, which means maybe customers need a different kind of financial service. Mm. So we have to adapt to the new environment based on what customer need. One thing we are really missing in the past four or five years is for the capital market. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody really have, have raised the capital from the capital markets very well. So because then the shipping had been falling down in the 2007, 2008 financial crisis. I hope maybe the shipping, since um, this year, the, I've said lots of shipping market and lots of shipping com- companies have started making money. Hopefully with the stable growth for lots of shipping company, the, I've said the capital, the capital market would uh, you know, maybe build up the confidence back gradually. So hopefully maybe one day after three years, maybe even, even longer, Upset the capital markets, you know, to you know become a little bit more welcome. Mm. The shipping come back. I think uh, quite quite a nice kind of positive note to to see that you know there there are, there are still options out there, and you know we'll see those uh, develop in the future as as well. I think on on that note, it's uh, just uh, one last chance to thank you again for thank you. participating in the Capital Link podcast, uh, and also thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.